0: This is the last year, end of the year, 2022. I have Ben Brennan here for my last podcast and bringing him back because he's a good friend of mine. Way to end the year is by having a good friend be on
1: the podcast. So, Ben, welcome to the pod. Hey, man. Greetings from I-95 or the 95 or whatever people call it. So, sorry for the audio quality, but I'm excited to be here and, and to catch up with you. On last day. Is it the last day of the year? On the next to last day of the year? Next day. It's, it's the 30th
0: right now. So we got one more day left. So how have you been? How's the company? How's everything going with you? What's
1: going on, man? I mean, it's all happening. There's a lot, a lot happening. So it's like a lot of really good things and a lot of like sheer terror and, and you know, craziness too. So it's, all, it's the one thing it's not as boring. So, a lot of good things, a lot of scary things, hard things, fun things, but nothing boring. So, that's great. Ah, How are you? That's the question. How's your world over there on the West Coast?
0: Busy. A lot of new hiring
1: for me. Oh, just a lot of new hiring. And then I
0: got elected VP for finance for the HDI local. And then... That reminds me I have to do an end-of-the-year re- budget report, <laughs> which oh. is I, f- I find that odd because I'm used to a fiscal year instead of a calendar year doing a, a budget report. But, anywho, but, yeah, staying busy, doing that, just my kids. Yeah, living living the dream so far. <laughs> Got, some, cool. you know, Got some challenges just, just like you, but you know what? It, it's not really a – you know, it's just another obstacle that you and I go through and we go past it every, you know. We we become out better people every day. That's how I see it. You become a better person, I
1: become a better person.
0: So I'm a very optimistic well, no person.
1: One, yeah. Yeah, I mean, go no ahead. one really plays a, boor- a boring video game. I mean, there are, like, those, like, Candy Crush board games or whatever that people play. But in general, like, like a really just bitching RPG or some kind of, like, you know, game that's, like, hard and challenging is really it's what you want out of life, right? Because, yeah. yeah, like, you might play, you know, some mindless solitaire game on your phone to pass the time. But if you get one game, like, you get one life, presumably. I don't, like, it's unclear about, you know, uh, reincarnation. But assuming you get one life or, like, at least one life in this round, you don't want it to be boring. You want it to be exciting. You want it to be really hard and challenging to see what you're made of. So I think it's good to have those challenging times just because I mean there are a lot of people in the world that you know just have times where they're like oh man I I feel like I'm destined for more and I have you know like I'm I know I'm smart and I've got big ambition but I don't have a chance to you know I don't have that chance at bat so to get that opportunity to do hard things I think is really something that I'm I'm grateful for in the midst of all the craziness and just the again just the the sheer terror of being like, Oh man, like this is a really huge thing. This needs to work out <laughs> Right.
0: Like I you know, that's 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 one thing I like about you is that you're always willing to take on new things, fearless, you know, relentless pursuit, right? Without fear. So that's what I, I like about, you know, talking to you and what you're what's going on with you. And what you're doing in your, in your, you know, work life and personal life, because it's always, to me, I always see you, you're always looking for a challenge. And sometimes people like get, want to get comfortable, and they don't want any more challenges. And I I was almost in that phase, and I kind of got bored from from that. And I'm like, I got to do something different. And then, you know, when I recently met you, I mean, not recently, but when I met you and how you did things, I'm like, you know what? Ben's on the right track of what he wants to do in life, and I need to start doing the same thing. And so, you like you know, like I said, you're you always inspire me, and that's why I'm always like, you know, wondering what 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 new things is coming down your avenue, and what can I do to make myself, you know, what things I could do to like improve for me and my life all the time, and you know, make that makes me happy. So. Yeah, I just don't. You know, some people just say, hey, you know, just get a job and you just stick with it. And it could be the most boringest job. Like, you know, all you do is play Candy Crush. <laughs> and that'd be so boring. So, but for me, it's like, what's the next thing for me? So, my next question to you is, what is going on with you for 2023? I have an idea what I want to do for 2023 because I recently spoke to my HR person at uh, at the university and this HR person opened up my eyes and I realized that I'm not in the right position for what m- how my mind works <laughs> if you get what I'm saying um, yeah yeah so i'm wondering what's your 2023 if there are goals or new things you want to you know take on
1: yeah. We, I mean, so just a couple of days ago, I was in Dallas meeting with Maddie, who's kind of my partner in crime at, at QStack, the place where I work. And we, um, you know, we did our you know planning for the year. And first of all, like one really cool advantage of taking big swings, even though it's hard, you know, it's been a really hard quarter, but we do uh, QStack, it, like if people don't know, it's just we have a tool that kind of takes quantitative and qualitative data automatically and turns, you know, like, 30 seconds of feedback from your customers or end users or whatever into like this super simple, here's exactly the real experience people have, here's exactly the, uh, you know, both quantitative and and benchmarked and then also qualitative, here's what people really think about you, and then here are the three things out of the 100 things that could be fixed, here are the three things that if you do them will totally increase your, you know, the experience people have more than anything. We do that for our customers, too. Like, we sell that product, and then we do it for our own customers, like, people that pay us to use the product. And we just did the second one, and the results came in. And we hit the world-class benchmark. Our little fucking startup, pardon the language, we're providing world-class customer experience. We got 100 NPS. We got just amazing feedback. And I've been using this tool for IT teams for, like, you know, coming up on 10 years. So I, I'm pretty familiar with the benchmarks and what's a good score. And even though it's a really hard quarter, like we killed it with our customers and they loved it. We did things like we've always had like the best survey tool that exists, but now we do like video survey, where it's like, Ooh. you know, like a human a human being from IT says like, hey, what's up? You know, hit the buttons. It's the same format, same thirty seconds, but you can put the you can put a face type, like not figuratively, but literally humanized IT. You know, so that was a huge hit with our customers. Thirty three percent of our customers are adopting that. And again, like. We talked about how scary it is to do hard things, but the payoff of, you know, going all in on this video survey, which I don't think anyone else does that I know, the people, our customers are typically, like, IT professionals or or CX professionals. Like, their customers have been sending them emails, like, from the head of marketing, head of uh, PR, saying, like, oh, my God, like, how is IT cooler than us? Like, this is amazing. I just want to let you know, just this little survey is the coolest thing in the world. Not only does our tool give, like, great, really shows you these things you didn't know about the experience. It makes you look better in the process, and that to me was one of those visions that I had. And I think around June, I was like, "Okay, we're Maddie, we're going all in." Maddie was not really into it; she doesn't mind me saying that. And I was like, "It's <laughs> got to be video. Like, it, 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 it's 2022. There's, it's so stupid that people are still doing like, you know, surveys that aren't interactive." And so
0: yeah. we even have ways. Maddie, we are, still love you.
1: Yeah, is still up but like, I mean, it, it's, it's really, it's really cool. And that is just like a, that's like a tiny little thing. Like we're, do- it's probably the smallest improvement that we made, but it was huge. Right. But just seeing our own scores reminded me like, Oh, what we're doing matters. Like we have made our customers so happy that they're all renewing, but also so happy that we have made the world a little bit better, you know, and you can't always say that, you know, if you work for, you know, a company where you don't get to see the, the direct result, the impact you have on your customers. So I think it's a, I think it's, I don't know. I think the payoff's worth it. You know what I mean? Like what I used to, let Let me ask you this. Let me interview you. So all right. I used to, people used to say like, like cause I, I lived in different countries and I did a lot of traveling and people were like, Oh, you know, like I'd be scared to do that. Like you don't have any fear. And I'm like, no, I have tons of fear, right? I have fear is a big motivator for me. You know, like, if you talk to any fighter they get in the ring, they have fear, too. But my fear is to, like, live, you know, life that doesn't have meaning or to, like, not to die and never have reached my potential or to have left a lot on the table, you know, to miss out, like, kind of a FOMO in a sense. So, like, do you kind of subscribe to that? Like, do you think that there's – or I guess a better way to say it is, is that true for you? Like, do you – is part of your motivation not so much, like, the fear of doing something scary, but the fear of not doing something scary, and wishing you would have later.
0: I used to have a lot of fear. I, you know,
1: till till this day. I mean, what I, I used to have
0: a lot of fear, ooh, what kind of crap is that. I actually, I always have fear, and it's always I always yeah. have anxiety. Right? Anxiety and fear goes in the same thing because once you start getting to say like for a simple, I'm going on a roller coaster, and you get this like fear and this anxiety that go together with it, and you're like, ooh, should I really go on this roller coaster? But and all in all, you know, the end results, you'll, you'll just be fine. You know, you always look about, think about that 1%. And I thought to myself, I can't live in that 1% all the time, and even at work. It's like we need to be better, and we need if, – if it causes a disruption in our service and it causes us to be uncomfortable, and our customers be uncomfortable a little bit, but the results are positive – I'm all for it. I always try to find new ways. That's why I always have this like managing with common sense, right? So I always try to find ways. What is a simple way that will be better and make sense for not only a customer, but but for the people who are doing the work too? Is, is it is it easier? So I always I always try to find new ways, and and for me it it's kind of scary. It's like I always have this doubt. Because you know, working for a government, you know, because you know that's you know basically the university is under state. They always they always cast a cloud. They always put up roadblocks because of their fears. And to me, I'm like, we need to be gun ho and 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 just go for it. And if those if those if, if those people decide to put a roadblock or because of their fears then you know what, what can we do to assure them that this will be the right thing for us, a, a better path for the organization? A lot of times I would just like, oh, I just give up. Uh, there are times where I just gave up because those roadblocks were just too hard and I was getting no traction and I got no support. And now times have changed where I could get support now. And that's one thing that I like about millennials. And whatever the new generation is, I don't know what the new gen is, but they are, they're, they're fearless. They want to make change. They want to make, they want to make the world a better place. And whatever they do, they just want to make it, make a better place for anybody that's in their world or the world. That's why I'm kind of jealous about millennials a little bit, because they have that mindset. I didn't grow up with that mindset. My mindset was just, you just find a blue-collar job, you work at it, and you just retire with your pension, and, and you're good to go. That's kind of boring. You know, some people like that. I, I I, can't, you know... I'm kind of in that road, but yet, I'm also looking for another a better road. I'm always looking for a better road. Um, not A better road for me to be happy. I mean, that's, yeah, that's I think- all I can
1: say, Ben. <laughs> well, no, that was a good answer, man. I th- yeah, I think the it's interesting. Like, you know, we, in, in the quest kind of like happiness or to to feel good about things, it tends to be, you know, our response to go, like I said, like I traveled a lot, so I, I lived in different countries or like go get a new job or create something new and do all this external stuff. But really like happiness is just a feeling and a perception. I mean, it really is like, perspective like someone can be in your exact same situation there could be like three clones like you and then someone and then two other clones that are in the exact same situation one could have the perspective whatever yours is the other could have a perspective that they're like oh man i'm so lucky to be me this is awesome like everything's great you know like i can't believe wine exists this is delicious you know and then you could have someone who's like Oh, you know, like I, you know, I got dealt a bad hand, yada, yada, yada. The exact same experimental conditions, but the only variable being perspective, and their happiness will change. And the key to being happy is work that's done internally on yourself. Yet, it's so hard for us to do that as humans, and I think not modern humans, I think even in ancient humans too, I think the way that we felt, the way that we deal with it, it's kind of like that Harry Potter movie where they like, take their thoughts and put it in a little cauldron to see it. You almost have to yeah. to do things metaphorically to teach yourself these lessons. And it's really, it really is interesting, right? Like all the stuff that I've built or, or traveled to or experienced, you know, the real change that you take with you is just like a shift in how you see things, which is just, as humans, very hard to do without those experiences. That's true. But let me ask you this.
0: For all the experience you have, you traveled around the world. Also, I I've, I've traveled traveled around the world too. Well, parts of the world. And for for the young people who are listening who can't get out of their bubble uh, to be a more well rounded person, how can we give them advice to, to travel around the world, and experience the different cultures that can make that person a better person?
1: Like like, how do we uh, convince them that it's okay to do? You mean? Yeah, because a lot of people – I just was talking to someone earlier that they're,
0: they're just so into their bubble. They don't even have a passport,
1: <laughs>
0: and they're just fearful of, you know, traveling. Um, but I'm told them, like, look, I traveled, and it made me a better person because I got to understand cultures, and now I respect a lot more people from different backgrounds. So, I mean, next year I, I plan to go back to Europe. Cause I, I love Europe. Europe's great. But by the way, man, I turn 50 next year.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, congrats.
1: Mazel tov, man.
0: That's a big one. I can't believe it because some people still think I'm like 30 years old, and I'm like, no. I, I'm nowhere near 30. <laughs> Turned a big five zero next year, and one of my goals is like, okay, I'm going to travel to a few places for my 50th, enjoy life. But to me, I, I always see like people that, I mean, we travel the world, and do you think that your traveling around the world made you a little more humble
1: and respect other cultures because you just lived through those
0: cultures or those countries? Yeah, I mean,
1: I I, I always describe it in, in, in this way Since because I grew up outside of Texas until I was like 29. No, until I was like 20, I guess 23, I went and lived in Europe for a year. But it was very intentional. It wasn't about being humble necessarily. It was really about more as a scientist, understanding that, like, Texas is a very specific place, right? And so I I knew from reading and, you know, just the scientific method, basic, you know, logic that, you know, there's no way for me to tell staying in Texas what of the things that I had learned about life were universal and what were cultural, right? Because I'd always been in the same culture. So without knowing that, you know, I could be like, oh, certain things that I – thought were true could just be Texas-y, and certain things that I think might be Texas-y could be universally true, so I just, I knew that if I, if I traveled and lived in different places, then I could really just, again, like, understand myself and understand, like, oh, this thing that I believe, I believe because I grew up in Texas, but this thing is actually universally human, you know, like, courage. Courage is something that every culture that I've studied you know re- reveres. it's seen as a good thing whether you grow up in texas or new york or california they're different versions of like being nice right like in yeah. new york they'll they'll be they'll be a little rough but probably generally better people in texas they'll say like you know bless your heart and and they'll kind of the, the bad word for it is grin fuck you but they'll like they'll smile and they'll say all this nice for you and then it's like not be your friend at all you know and The Bay Area, I mean, I remember there was a lot of, there was some hippie culture, but a lot of it was people like, oh yeah, let's hang out, let's definitely get together, whatever, and then you never see it. Knowing what's cultural and what's universal, that helps you figure out life better. And I think without traveling or without, I mean, you can learn from books too, but the more cultures that you live in, that you dwell in and and spend time in for real, the more, basically the smarter you're gonna be, and the less you do that, the dumber you're gonna be. So if you wanna be dumb, don't travel. I mean I think, I think that's the, I think that's the deal. And by the way, when I when I lived in both in Guatemala and in Europe, I had no money. There are ways to go do it. I worked in, in in Europe, you know, as like a janitor in a house. There are ways to do it. So saying you can't afford to travel is BS. I could I lived cheaper abroad than I did in the US. In the Europe situation came back with more money. Very rarely in my life have I been rich. Most of the time I I'm doing crazy shit like that. So I, I just wanted to cut that off because all my friends were like, oh, I can't afford to. I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, like, I sold my car and traveled in Central America. Like, you can do it. And I think yeah, find yourself giving excuses, that's, again, like, travel more and you won't make that same cognitive mistake that you are making now. <laughs>
0: yeah, definitely. It, it, you just remove that fear and that anxiety of, like, oh, I'm not going to know anyone. I mean, that's the whole point. Or, you know, I won't speak to language. That's the whole point. I knew I'm not going to speak their language. Like I was in Croatia. I didn't know their language. I talked to them a little bit in English and I spoke a little Croatian by using my Google app. And then they respect yeah. me more because I was trying to speak their language. They're like, oh, no, no, I I will teach you this way because that's the academic way of speaking to us. Well, here's our, how we talk normally. I'm like, oh, okay. So they'll teach me their language, which is kind of cool. It's just that affecting their culture, giving an effort, and surprisingly, a lot of them expect that. Like, wow, oh, you're actually trying to make an effort to understand our culture and understand our language. Once I started doing that, and it's it not like, you know, I'm blatantly saying that to them. I'm just, like, trying my best.
1: Yeah, it's and, a, that's a but, really good travel tip, by the way. Like, I try to know, like, a few, just a few phrases that you can pronounce well, right, in every language. Like, Like, there's such a big difference between, like, kind of the, the American stereotype of, like, coming to a little restaurant in Italy and then just start yelling in English versus, yeah. like, saying something in broken broken Italian or, or, or French or whatever just to show respect. You know, you still know the same amount of language. It takes, like, five minutes to learn, like, a phrase. But, you know, I, like, I spent a lot of time in France, and I, I, there's a few phrases that I learned how to say really well, and that kind of gets the ball rolling, and it gets past everyone's bias. And then everyone ends up speaking English anyways, or or again, like Google Translate is now really good, so you can literally just talk through the phone. But that's such a good travel tip that you brought up. Like, start off, learn. I mean, listen, anywhere you go, like in Europe, that's like a five-hour, six-hour, seven-hour flight. That is plenty of time to listen and perfect and predict five phrases. I don't care. Like, I've done that in, like, Japan. I went to Brazil recently. That was harder, but I, I... tried to learn like one or two or three things that I could say just to not be an a-hole about it and then you get by you know but it's just it's just it shows respect
0: yeah and the cool thing is when I did that in Croatia they were like hey you know visiting what are you doing afterwards and I'm like nothing because I'm just on vacation and or you know I'm just coaching or whatever it is and they're like come hang with us after when we close so you become friends afterwards you know you end up like you know, they smoke, like, chimneys there, so we, you know, we end up smoking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, cigarettes is a big thing in in Europe. So, you know, sorry, America, oh, yeah. I know there's no smoking laws, but in Europe they smoke like crazy there. So we end up smoking, hanging out, drinking some, you know, some rum or whatever it is, and, you know, just hanging out, having a good time. And it, just because I respect them. they They realize, like, hey, you're a good person. And, you know, once you find out, like, you know, and you start talking to them, they're good people, too, because, you know, you have that sense of, you know, oh, you know what, they're they're not bad people, too. All right, They're asking me to, you know, welcome me to hang out with them afterwards. I'm going to do it because I don't want to respect them. It's like, oh, no, I have other things to do. It's like, if you're there, you're there, might as well enjoy the culture, enjoy what they do. 2023, I think for me, I might look for something different because once HR, I'm going to circle back here, HR, told me that my mindset is in a different should be it's not being utilized well I'll say that that's what they told me right and because I'm a visionary person for me I have the vision to do things but I just don't have that technicality of like putting it together they're like you're in the wrong spot (laughs) you should be in a more of a leadership role rather than just some simple manager role I'm like oh for me I'm gonna look for something different I'm not in a rush I find it. If I land it, that'd be great. Obviously, I'll let you know. And then, that's that's what I'm planning to do for for the next for 2023 is actually find a position that actually fits fits my mindset, and that where I could utilize it a lot better. Because I feel like I'm utterly utterly utilizing my my mindset right now. And for you, it sounds like you got something going on that's amazing. And I want to thank you for doing something amazing with QStack and that whole putting that face for a survey, a video survey, because who often sees the face of IT, right? Who are these yeah, IT people? A good point. People don't know, like, oh, you're an IT? Oh, go fix my computer, right? But then they don't – they sometimes see – some of the faces, but they don't, they don't see all the faces, and that's one thing IT is missing is who's the face of IT, who are the faces of IT, and you doing that? Uh, sorry, Maddie, but I think this is a great idea. <laughs> she, she, she
1: she 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 has quickly she has quickly admitted that she was wrong, but it's it's I mean it we have it that sounds cheesy. Where you take, well, yeah, it we, we a- have a partnership where you where you can say that. And like, I love our culture where you can say that. And she's like, I don't know, but like, we'll see. You know, there was like, there was another example of something that we were going to launch this month that didn't end up panning out, you know, and, and her, her role is to kind of, you know, allow me to swing really big. And then to give me that honest feedback, because I'd much rather her say that you think that you think a bunch of CIOs would love the idea. I'll tell you like in almost every call where people decided to do the video survey, it was, a woman executive or a woman CIO, guys are most guys are just like, oh, that's stupid, whatever. And then everyone ended up loving it, and, and and those guys ended up taking credit for it, even though you know they didn't want to do it. So you know, it's not Maddie's job or my job to know what's going to work. It's our job to trust each other enough to be honest. So if I, yeah. if it is a bonehead idea, then, then at least I get a heads up from her before I announce it.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, so true,
0: and that's a good balance between you two, between you and Maddie. You guys have that that great open communication, which not a a lot of executive leadership has with their other colleagues or their other executives to have that open, honest opinion, and that, oh, let's try it. If it fails, it fails. We move on in life. Some of them just don't want to fail and don't want to do it, or the fear, you know, I don't know how to – as, you know, has this, you this know, been measured or done before? It's like, no, let's just do it and see if it works out. It works out. People like it. We like it. If they don't, then we'll just scrap it and just move on and try something else. And that's the downfall for some companies. Like, they have that fear of, I don't want to try it. It's too scary. <laughs> but sometimes you just got to bite the bullet like you did with this whole video thing. I thought it was a great idea. First, I was thinking... I could see, I could see it through Maddie's eyes of how she sees it, and then I thought about it like, in a split second, I'm like, but you just put a face for
1: IT, and
0: that's all I thought about it.
1: And I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah, and and you have to know how to execute it too. I mean, there could be a yeah. million what she's picturing in your head could be, to be honest, like most IT teams, they can't even do normal surveys. Right, to 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 do a video survey would be a disaster. But you know, it's not a commodity; it's an art, and so we found a way to do it in a way that makes the experience awesome. You know, there's like a million people, and our competitors always copy our stuff. So, like, I mean, they're as soon as we launch it, like, big, I know that all our competitors will start doing video surveys, but they won't do it as good, and it'll suck. You know, and so, like, that's why you have to – I mean, our company motto, one of the biggest ones, is show, not tell. Because yeah. I can say a video survey, everyone pitch for something different in your mind. But if I show you what I what I have in my mind, and I – Not tell you, but if I show it to you and you see it, you're like, oh, this is dope. I get it, you know? And so that is the art is, you know, just work in disguise, right? You know, art is being able to take what's in your head and with your hands or your mind or fingers, a keyboard or whatever, somehow, you know, paint that picture and paint that visual for someone else to see what's in your mind. And if you do that effectively, it can be really powerful. So am
0: I going to see, like, in the future like Gartner's going to create a new quadrant or a new box that says uh, best survey platforms out there and you're going to be in the upper right
1: quadrant? No, because we're not, we're, we're not a survey. We're not a survey platform. I mean, like, I mean, not a survey, do, but
0: it, I'm sorry. Well, I don't no, mean I, insult I, you I, like
1: that. I, no. Well, no, it's, it's not, it's not insulting. It's a really good question. I like, I think, I think everyone, you know, a lot of people think that, and I think that I just, I just always like saying, yeah, like, Yes, we do have the best survey out there, but that's boring to me. We do, we have a lot of the best things out there. And it's just, I think the the Gartner quadrant that I want to be on is, you know, just the best experience improvement software. You know, like right now there's quadrants for digital experience management and the digital experience requirements for a digital experience tool. You have to have like all this stuff that has nothing to do with human experience. Like the only thing you don't have to do in that category is accurately measure the human experience of interacting with technology. And so I actually think Gartner and all of them have it so wrong. You know, the, what I want Gartner to publish is not a quadrant, but an apology to be like, listen, we were way off base and we're going to retract this. And actually, you know what? It's the humans that matter. And all this digital stuff is here for the and clicks and buzzes and, and, and technical stuff. We walk it back. We admit that we are wrong. And for the first time and ever, IT is actually going to take a common sense approach and humanize, you know, the enterprise. That's the article I want, and we don't even have to be mentioned. I just want that to happen. <laughs> and maybe you just create a new a new maybe with with
0: instead of a survey. I'm sorry, I said that, but
1: with your no, you don't like you you don't you need to apologize. It's so, I mean, that is a part of no, what I we do. Bad. I just like to I just like to like to to step on that real quick because the yeah everyone thinks like oh surveys are how you understand surveys are just this tiny little thing that the only reason that surveys matter is because of the embarrassing fact that people suck at surveys you know like like survey like there i learned in grad school like for psychology i learned how to you know do a reliable survey as you can with like you know turning self-report data and you know reasonably you know benchmarked accurate reflections of, of the human experience you know that's where all the psychology books and stuff are, va- are based on, right? So there's a way to do that data right. It's just it's just cute that IT still thinks that they're trying to figure it out. I am mean, like, just, like, hire one social scientist, and you never have to use the word survey again. IT sure. shouldn't be – surveys should not still suck. Like, that should have been solved in the 80s. Like, we should be really on to, like, how to make sure IT – how to make sure AI doesn't go, go awry and mess things up. You know, that's where we should be. Should there be a new measurement from – From
0: Gartner, then, about not an IT experience, but maybe an IT experience or a client experience,
1: or they just have the human element involved. Well, yeah, but I mean, I don't expect them to do that because if if you think about, I mean, a lot of a lot of the analysts out there haven't ever run IT themselves, you know, and so that's true. They were the people, and and I'm not picking on anybody in particular. Some of them have, but if you think about Gartner or McKinsey or these people that you know were quote unquote experts, what did they let happen under their watch? Digital transformation, this buzzword that we spend over like $2 trillion a year on, 70% of digital transformation efforts fail, meaning $1.2 trillion are literally thrown into product, fail and result in not trillion dollar trillion waste every year. And that number is growing. And it's been that way for several years in a row. Why? Because a bunch of analysts just use a bunch of buzzwords and never truly really find what, what digital transformation, right? And so this, yeah. that's their legacy. I don't expect them to do anything different with digital experience. That's why I fight so hard to try to say, no, don't let these buzzwordy people tell you. Sorry to get worked out, but it makes me mad. Like, don't let these buzzwordy people just say, like, a word that sounds smart when they don't understand what digital experience is. Digital experience is simple. Experience is the feeling that results from, you know, how the expert expectations a person has interact with the perception of how their experience goes with technology at work. Simple as that. It's a feeling, and it's different for everyone, and it's very hard to measure. We're really good at measuring it because we take a different approach. But when we, I mean, we've shown our tool to Gartner, and they're like, Oh, well, you don't have like, you don't ask about printers, you know, like it's like talking to cavemen, you know. And so eventually <laughs> they'll get it, and that'll be cute. But I don't like, like looking to Gartner for innovation is like looking in a dirty diaper for lunch. It's not going to be a good experience, and you're probably not going to be happy with what you find. That's that's that is a bad my, visual. That is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a two. I have a, I have a two-year-old. So yeah, I think like, <laughs> that's but a but bad is, visual. It's it's true. You know what? Like, yeah. you don't like the visual? Like, quit, quit wasting one point two trillion dollars. The the minute you like, quit one point two two trillion dollars. You know how many jobs? You know how many people you could get back to work who are unemployed? You know how people that are homeless that you could house with that money? Instead, we're just like. Paying that money to consultants who claim to know what digital transformation is. You know, like, I don't apologize for a gross diaper analogy. I think it's, I think it's right on. I think it is. I think it's shit. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Like, that is, my, my goal is to change it. You know, that is that our mission is to make sure that this trend of talking about the experience of interacting with IT, digital experience, that it does not go the same way. And I'm happy to use diaper analogies or anything else it takes for people to admit that, hey, IT does suck, and the experience sucks, and it can be better. Try this tool. Our tool has made every person that's used it better. We're mission-driven. But, yeah, it's hard, like we talked about at the beginning. It's not an easy road. It's probably more a happier life to uh, you know just go work for Gardner and, and tell everyone you know what digital experience is. Yeah,
0: yeah. And that, that, that's, that's hard because that whole – that word experience, it, it drives me crazy how people use it these days. And that's like one of the new buzzwords. Well, is that a new buzzword, or is that just the current buzzword right now? Or I don't it, know it,
1: it is. It, it is it's critical math to the point where everyone, like AI companies, everyone is using it. And there's a quadrant now for you know experience and and for and so everyone's into it. Gardner predicts like by fifty percent, like in twenty twenty five, fifty percent of all companies will have teams and tools to measure digital experience. Again, unclear. I like the guy who who did that research. You know. I, I, you know, talk to him. He's a friend of a mutual friend, and I like it, and it's great for marketing. I hope that pays. yeah, it, it grants is it's become a big buzzword, and I guess just my fear that motivates my action is that it stays a buzzword and it never really becomes like something meaningful. Because if it becomes something meaningful, the idea of experience is that it should matter that our customers and end users, their experience should be what we're focused. So to me, it's the most common sense thing to do. I think that I think it's the most rational brilliantly beautiful simple way of looking at things and I think that's why the buzzword nature of it scares me so much because some people are cool with just like using a word they don't understand because it sounds cool and then and then moving on and I'm just it drives me too crazy I take things way too seriously Glenn as you know (laughs) no it's like I was just thinking about
0: like how that buzzword now experience is being used but it's been that word's been around a long time it kind of reminds me of Glenn remember when you spoke with Greg Greg Alexander talked about. I don't know if he, taught, he told you the story about how the the board. Oh, the C the C executive for the sharper image was like, "Hey, there's this thing called the internet, and it's it's becoming a thing." And the board's like, "Oh no, that's just a buzzword. And that's just a buzz. It's just gonna go away." And but then right. Richard Richard Tawhimer's like, "No, nope, we're gonna go with it." <laughs> and they did some research before they like really you know, really invested in it. And then, lucky for them, they had Steve Jobs that knocked on their door saying, hey, we heard you guys are going to do an online catalog. We have a platform for it. And so, it's kind of like, you know, if you're going to use a buzzword, say, like experience, or whatever the new buzzword is now, in case I don't know what the new buzzword is, study it first before you actually utilize it and implement it in your company. That's all I'm going to say. It's common sense. Just study it first. Get a, like, Person who's like, in, you know, who's been down that road, and you know, understands about that word, and now I'm trying to implement it in IT. How can I do use this word and implement it better in IT? And a lot of people just don't. They just don't spend that time or that research to go, hey, the new buzzword experience. Let's use it. What is experience? I don't know. I guess we just give people a better service. Service and experience are two different words. It's more experience than service. To me, I think people just need to, companies just need to just do their research first before they start implementing a buzzword because it it, it just kills me to see even like some institutions see a, you know, they hear something in IT and that's a buzzword. They're like, oh, we got to use it. And now they, they don't understand. It's like, for example, like SLAs. SLA's been around, or uh, not SLA's, xla been around for a while. We had one IT person go to a conference, heard about SLA's. We should use SLA's. So I'm like, hold on, slow down. <laughs> do you even know what that means? And do you even know how to implement it? Like, we don't know, but we should do it. And that just fills me when, you know, IT's so gun ho
1: but they don't take the time to do the research, Oh, boy. Yeah. So, will, yeah. speaking of that, I will go ahead and announce another thing that's coming down the pipe in Q1. We have, finally, we have like we have to trademark it now because our competitors are kind of a-holes and steal everything. But, like, we have created and we're rolling out XLA on a bot, which is literally, like, that thing where, you know, people have gone to these XLA classes and they still don't understand it. And HDI did a their kind of yearly report, and they showed that XLAs aren't, like adhere to any better than SLAs or, or OL operation level agreement. Yeah. there's no real difference because people still don't understand them. And we created and Maddie actually did a really good job of doing this with our customers internally and, and working out a beat to it, where we have this thing. You, your leadership team or everyone in your team gives one afternoon. We'll do it in person or remotely or whatever, and we give you. We meet with the team. We walk them through experience statement. Just basically this whole process we figured out, and you end the day with three XLAs in a box ready to implement right then. Measurable, guaranteed to work at other companies. And we just we're like we just need a service. And so we just came up with it. So we haven't announced it officially, but for your listeners, you know, reach out Q QStack if you want XLA in a box on the on the pre launch of that. But it's just and the people our customers that use it were like, Oh, oh, this is easy. It just we just demystify. It. But I think it's your point, like people just don't want to take the time to understand it. So we took the time to understand it because this is our business experience. Right. And then we yeah. just like made XLA in a box. So like you do this, basically give us an afternoon. You will leave with XLA's ready to go. That will work. That will increase experience and that will, that you'll enjoy, you know, that will actually be fun. They're not just, you know, XLA's written by somebody else. They're written by you. So we walked you through how to write them and then you write them in that meeting and then we just guide you and, and keep the process going, and we'll tell you, like, oh, by the way, that doesn't work if you do that. You know, don't do this. And yeah. it's it's pretty cool. I, I think XLA in a box, experience in a box, I think that's what experienced, you know, vendors should be doing. And if you look, listen to a lot of them, they're just overcomplicated things. I'm like, folks, please, this isn't hard. And I think the ones yeah. that are overcomplicating, again, tend to be the vendors that have never done it in real life. So it, it makes a lot of sense.
0: I like it. I really like it a lot that you actually – you should patent that you should put a patent on that SLA out of the box thing, man.
1: Well, we, 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 we trademarked the term XLA in a box just because we have that, we'll call them a, I'll say their name, but like some, some pink company that like is very fond of trademarking everything and like taking other people's ideas. So like we're, we, we definitely are trademarked the idea, but really again, like there are already like a bunch of people that are claiming to like know how to do SLAs. And like, like one of our, one of our favorites, like out Al- Alan Nance and, and Ann are awesome at it. Like they do these great classes. Our thing is completely different. Basically like what I've always been good at is simplifying like complex ideas and making them happen. And because I, again, I did this stuff in real life with real IT. I know how to do it. And that's, you know, something that a lot of people don't know how to do. So I think you can't really copy that, right? You can, yeah. even if you, people said, Oh, we have actually in a, in a, in a SAT, you know, like you could have that, but what you can't do is like, we'll give you something that actually matters because we actually care and know what we're doing. And so I think at the end of the day. It's annoying when people steal stuff, but it is nice to know that you can't like it's like art, man. You can't steal like there's there's a certain substance and quality when something's done well by someone who really understands how to do it that you can't steal, right? So they can steal it and the idea and market it, but I think over time as the results start panning out and, and word of mouth goes around, you know, I think that's what we're betting on. We're betting on people to be like, okay yes, this company has a bunch of marketing, but DuSac actually knows what they're doing. And I talked to like five friends who all said it completely like transformed their, you know, IT department. So that's kind of our, that is our bet. And we will see how that goes, but I feel good about that bet so far.
0: That sounds great. So for
1: all my listeners and
0: people who follow me on LinkedIn and all my, yeah, pretty much all my listeners and all my LinkedIn followers, if you need, if you want to learn not learn more like if you want to XLA out of the box in a simple way instead of more of a complex way, call Ben. Reach out to Ben. I will leave his information in the description below. And if you want to pilot something, hey, reach out to Ben or Maddie, and do a calendar uh, setup. And they'll and they'll reach out and they'll set something up.
1: And not only the
0: XLA out of the box, but they're also there. Their their Q stack, the the experience. It's like like Ben says, it's not a survey. It's measuring the experience, especially for for IT. And the awesome thing is, they have a video of it, like a video like, hey, you know, how's your experience? It actually puts a face for IT. Some people might think it's cheesy, but remove that out of your head and think about it in perspective of like. Hey, IT doesn't really have a face, and people don't know who we are, or don't realize we're actual humans too. That's how you should think. Because yeah, and it 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 might it might be
1: cheesy when other people do it, but we've done it in a way that will make you look uncheesy. Because like we I can tell you like people are freaking out when they get this little post. Like we've done it, we did it with our friends in Brazil. We've done it at nonprofits. Now we've done it at normal tech companies, and the result is shocking. You've never. Sit out a survey and had people like like within like two and a half minutes of you sitting it out have executives reaching out to you and saying, Whoa, like this is amazing. How do we get this tool for our team? Like this is awesome. It was the picture you have in your head of it might be cheesy, but I can assure you, like, we don't do anything cheesy. Like we we're too we have too much uh pride and we consider ourselves artists uh, too much to uh, roll out anything. Yeah, basically, like the pitch for QStack is if if you agree like me that IT can be way better and you want to be you know the IT team that your customers have always dreamed of. We found a way to do it. We have the qualitative, and quantitative data that is proven. Yeah, if it sounds magical and it is, we shall see. But I think you know it's just the kind of right now we're still in early adopter mode. You know we've been around for three years. You know over time, hopefully where it'll get out. My our best metric again is that perfect NPS score. When we saw that, we're like. Every and it's anonymous too. It's not like we're in the room, like purely anonymous, not tracked. And every single person, you know, that pays us money to use our tools, not only renews, but they say like, you know, I would definitely recommend this to a friend. I had a nine or a ten. I think for us, that's what gives me the confidence to run this crazy company. Yeah, and so far, every person I talked to,
0: the conference I went to in Pittsburgh, they they, they all they do is give positive feedback about QStack, the tools they should be. I remember. And going to an SLA class, and they mention your company, uh, you know, without any solicitation, just like out of the blue, they mention your company and how how they how how your company was able to transfer uh, transform their IT team to a world class team. People listening, Ben's doing something right. Ben and Maddie are doing something right. Ben created something that really helps the IT department become world class and become a model for everyone else. Don't be shy to reach out to Ben. That's that's what I'm going to say. I'm plugging Ben here because Ben's a good friend of mine. He's done something right, and I think people should be on board and reaching out and sending up calls to to schedule how can this product help my IT team be better. So for the human aspect of the IT team, but the overall experience from even the client side. So, yeah. So Ben, I don't want to keep you. We're almost at almost at an hour of just talking, and I know you're still on the road, man. I hope you don't
1: have any. I hope I, hope I
0: occupy the majority of your time on the road. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I got I got a few more hours. There's a little bit of traffic, but uh, it's been it's been really fun catching up with you, man. And and I appreciate you know getting get into chat, and I really appreciate you letting me you know talk about CUSAC. You know, I always love to do that. It's been fun, man. We talked about travel, we talked about life and happiness, personal development, and kind of went all over the place as usual, man, So I, I appreciate that you have a great year man. I hope that 2023 yeah, is is the the big one for you and that uh, I'm looking forward to that email that says like, "Hey man, I found what I'm looking for and I'm going to go for it." Same same with you. I hope 2023.
0: Sounds like you have a lot of things planned for 2023. That sounds amazing. I know you and I are going to meet up again in person. I just don't know where. I know we're going to we always meet up somewhere. <laughs> also, I'm going to plug in something else for you. For you is don't forget, Ben also has his podcast It After Hours. He just launched. He, he just launched. You know, a lot of episodes recently. So people can need to catch up and listen to that. I love listening to It After Hours. It's just like after hours after work and just drinking and hanging out. You know, shooting the shit. That's all it really is. And sometimes there's when you're shooting the shit, there's some meaning into that. Go go check out his podcast It After Hours. Pretty awesome.
1: Cool. Thanks, man. Yeah. Appreciate this plug. Yeah, can't wait to hear. It's gonna be a a wild year, man. Keep me posted on all the good stuff, man. Yeah, wish me luck. Wish me luck. I'm I'm almost to Richmond. Got a few more hours back to North Carolina. I will see you on the other side.
0: Safe travels. We'll we'll get together in 2023. Most, Most likely we will. We will.